It's y'all. Talk with a southern accent. And welcome back to the show that's all about the South. I'm your host, John Rawl, and this is our Tuesday edition, the day after Labor Day 2018. Hopefully you all had a great extended holiday weekend and everybody got out of it safe and sound and had a good time with friends and family and perhaps you didn't even have to work on Monday. That would be all the rage if that was indeed the case. I had a a great Labor Day weekend. I'll tell you more about it in hour two as I went on a sports odyssey with my son and we'll talk about that. Also, because we're still kind of getting our sea legs here on the program, today's show is mostly going to be a rewind to last Tuesday's show, but we're going to do some fresh news headlines from across the South, as well as an hour or two, some fresh sports headlines as we've got some college football to discuss. How about the Virginia Tech Hokies going to Tallahassee, getting a big win Monday night? We'll have info on that, plus other news and notes from across the sports world, including Colin Kaepernick, spokesperson for Nike now, and their Just Do It campaign. Are you are you serious? We'll have our opinion on that in hour two. And again, I'm going to tell you about my two college football games in one day outing on Saturday. And perhaps we should shift college football start date back a little bit to the way it used to be. It's just too darn hot. Maybe not for the players who are in shape, but for the fans who, who spend a lot of money to go to these games. It's hot. And it's in a concrete stadium. And I saw a lot of casualties, hopefully none serious, but still, it is too darn hot in late August, early September. Perhaps waiting one more or two more weeks could be a wise solution and and contract that December schedule where teams often don't play for like a week at bowl game time. I don't see where that would hurt. I'll throw my two Deutschmarks of opinion about it out in hour two, so hang on. For that, if you want to reach us here on the Y'all Show, our number is 803-816-1170. And on Twitter, you can find us at Y'all Show. We'd love to hear from you. Saw a couple of friends and people who I had not had a chance to meet in person yet that are so-called Facebook friends. Uh, Met them over the Labor Day weekend, and they had some nice things to say about the Y'all Show. And they are regular listeners, so I want to appreciate and, and thank all of you who are tuning us in on a regular basis. We're growing like kudzu across Dixie, and we appreciate all of our great listeners. And hopefully one day soon, uh, as soon as we can figure out how to do it on a very easy basis, we'll have a video version of the Y'all Show coming to you as well. Now, the big story across the South today is Tropical Storm Gordon. This thing came out of nowhere, and as you may, if you've seen the weather, you've seen how this thing kind of was brewing off the Keys in Florida and and ended up growing into what's now a tropical storm expected to be a hurricane, and is expected to come across the Gulf South. There are emergency alerts across the Gulf South region today as this hurricane, expected to be a hurricane at least, expected to come in around the Mississippi, maybe coast of Alabama area, kind of centered up around Biloxi at this point from what I saw. I'm no Jim Cantori, but hey, I saw where Cantori flew into the Gulfport Biloxi Regional Airport on Monday. And so when Cantori comes to your town from the Weather Channel, you know you may be centered up for any kind of bad activity. But Gordon is uh, uh, quite a surprise, really caught people off guard because they didn't have time to totally prepare like they normally would. But 
Luckily, this storm is moving fast. They say that's a good thing that will create less rainfall across the states of Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, and as it goes inland. I think you'll see some activity weather-wise in Tennessee, Arkansas even. But Tropical Storm Gordon expected to hit landfall on the coast of the Mississippi, Alabama region tonight at some point. And uh, check your local weather. Hopefully it will not be too strong of a storm. Possibly not even a hurricane. But if it is a hurricane, it should be on the very low end. And we hope it does not cause any more damage than it has to as it hits the Gulf South region. A VA department nurse in South Carolina has admitted to poisoning her husband with eye drops over three days. And now her husband fell and died as a result of her poisoning her. Detectives arrested Lena Sue Clayton, a 52-year-old VA nurse, Friday in the death of Stephen Clayton at their upscale waterfront home in Clover, South Carolina. She was charged with unlawful malicious tampering of food. Stephen Clayton was found in the foyer of his home after what appeared to be a fall down the stairs back in July, but an autopsy determined he died of poisoning, according to the paper. She then confessed to spiking his water with a chemical found in over-the-counter eye drops to relieve redness. She poisoned him over a three-day period until he died, and this woman now in jail for killing her husband, poisoning her husband, I guess trying to make it look like he fell to his death, but she actually poisoned him, a VA nurse in South Carolina. Also in the Palmetto State over the weekend, an off-duty Connecticut police officer died on Sunday after he was assaulted in a bar in the Merle's Inlet area of Myrtle Beach. Matthew Maneri, age 41, a 20-year member of the South Windsor, Connecticut Police Department, died after he tried to break up a fight at Uncle Tito's in Merle's Inlet. He suffered head injuries during the altercation and died Sunday afternoon. Kelton Jess Todd of nearby Ainer, South Carolina, was charged with assaulting Maneri by deputies with the Georgetown County Sheriff's Office. More serious charges are pending, but a Connecticut police officer on vacation in South Carolina killed in a bar fight. Also, more news from South Carolina. That state ranks number two in the country for deadliest DUI accidents. South Carolina averages around 400 fatalities from DUI-related accidents a year, and that's about eight out of every 100 South Carolinians killed each year by an impaired driver. South Carolina's neighbors, Georgia and North Carolina, each have about 200 DUI-related fatalities each year, and that's about half of what South Carolina has at 400, and those states are much larger than the Palmetto State. In St. Francis County, Arkansas, a dispute over a mobile home has turned deadly. Donald Deshaun died over the weekend after a suspected shooter, Travis Pulliam, shot him at the scene of the mobile home. All investigators say Pulliam and the victim had been involved in a legal dispute over the mobile home. They say the victim bought the home from Pulliam, but Pulliam had recently regained possession through court proceedings. And a mobile home leading to the death of this man in Arkansas's St. Francis County. A Memphis mother is accused of shoplifting with her kids in tow. Lauren Burleson allegedly tried to steal more than $1,300 worth of items from Target on Colonial Road, according to the Memphis Police Department. When an MPD officer realized what was happening and tried to stop her, she ran into another store. 
Police said Burleson left her purse and wallet behind, and because of that, officials were able to catch up and arrest her by using her driver's license. She's charged with theft of property. When you go into a shoplifting spree, you might not want to leave your driver's license behind. And Lauren Burleson now arrested and allegedly stole $1,300 worth of items from Target in Memphis, Tennessee. Police have arrested two people in Florida because they had a drive through window in their drug house home. Ocala police have arrested 20-year-old Mackenzie Dobbs and 32-year-old William Paris Jr. following several overdoses connected to the house. Both face multiple charges related to the possession and sale of fentanyl, a powerful opioid painkiller. The police there say they collected drugs, paraphernalia, and cash while executing a search warrant at the home. Investigators determined that Dobbs and Paris had been selling drugs through a kitchen window. The police in Ocala said they've recorded 98 drug overdoses this year within the Ocala city limits, 13 of them fatal. But that is a new way to conduct business, having a drive-through drug house, and that's what was happening in Ocala, Florida, according to officials there in the Sunshine State. In Black Mountain, North Carolina, a woman says her dog helped save her family after a bear broke into the home in Black Mountain. This occurred just outside of Asheville in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Tiffany Merrill said she thought she was going to die when the bear broke in her home. She yelled to her children to shut their doors, but her dog Pickles quickly appeared. Pickles to the rescue. Merrill said the five-pound dog started barking and got the bear's attention and got the bear outside and, quote, saved my life. Merrill said she couldn't save her dog's life. She said she wanted to go out there and jump on the back of the bear and save my dog. She now finds herself grieving. She said, Pickles was always with me. Sad story. Pickles sacrificing his life, his or her life. I'm not sure what Pickles' sex was. What a great thing to distract the bear, take it outside, and help save the family. And the dog dies in Black Mountain, North Carolina, but the family lives. If you were on the beach over the weekend in Dolphin Island near Mobile, Alabama, you may have seen something you don't normally see in the South, kangaroos. Yeah, two baby female kangaroos came over from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and they visited Dolphin Island to experience sand and water. A woman there in Baton Rouge decided to give the kangaroos an outing. And if you're wondering how the kangaroos get through the day, they're bottle-fed five times a day. A kangaroo's a pet, and kangaroos on the beach at Dolphin Island over the Labor Day weekend. Speaking of islands, if you're a fan of the Cumberland Island National Seashore in Georgia, well, the U.S. Mint is rolling out a quarter honoring the Georgia Barrier Island. Can't get enough of it? Yeah, you're going to have your chance to have your own quarter in circulation celebrating this beautiful piece of property. The back of the Cumberland Island quarter will show a snowy egret about to take flight amid the island-celebrated salt marshes. The words Cumberland Island and Georgia are inscribed around the edge. By the way, Cumberland Island is located near the Florida border, and it is the largest and southernmost of Georgia's barrier islands. Cumberland Island National Seashore, the federally managed park on Cumberland Island, was established by Congress in 1972. In Mississippi, the Choctaws around Philadelphia, Mississippi, have casinos, and now they're going to join the non-Indian Mississippi casinos in taking sports bets. The tribe's Golden Moon Hotel and Casino took its first bet at the end of last week. 
A May U.S. Supreme Court decision allowed states nationwide to join Nevada in having legalized sports betting. Since then, sports books have been opened in Delaware, New Jersey, and Mississippi. So you can go to the Indian Casino there in Mississippi now and make your sports bet if that is what you want to do. Vanderbilt Health in the Nashville area has now opened an LGBTQ health clinic. And this is a place to help people who are transgendered. And each Friday, this clinic specifically helps transgendered people. According to Vanderbilt, there are 31,000 transgender people living in Tennessee, and they haven't had a medical facility designed specifically for them until now. And Vanderbilt has their own program for LGBTQ health, and they even have something they do called the Trans Buddy Program. And it's the first of its kind in the U.S. And it advocates, it advocates to help LGBTQ patients navigate their medical care and improve their overall patient experience. You can call 615-326-5185 if you need a trans buddy advocate. But Vanderbilt Health, part of Vanderbilt University, doing some proactive stuff for the LGBTQ community. Finally, in South Alabama... I remember the story from nearly 20 years ago. A, a set of quintuplets was born August 3rd, 1999. Well, these quintuplets, well, they haven't quite celebrated their 20th birthday yet, but they have celebrated getting out of high school. And just the other day, these five all went to college, and they all went to the University of South Alabama. They were born at the University of South Alabama's Children and Women's Hospital, and when they were born, they were given scholarships. And now, these quintuplets all are at USA on a full scholarship, and they are in school, and so I know their parents have to be happy. You know, it's hard enough to pay for one kid to go to college. I can't imagine what it would be like to pay for five, but yeah, they're all enrolled at the University of South Alabama, and they're all together through their college years, it looks like, for the Zimlick family and their five quintuplets all in Mobile, Alabama. Go Jaguars! Five times over. <laughs> the state of Mississippi in Starkville, home of Mississippi State University, Hale State, the Board of Aldermen in Starkville have suspended Police Chief Frank Nichols. The mayor of Starkville, Lynn Spruill, said that Nichols, who's a 26-year veteran of the Starkville Police Force, was suspended without pay for two weeks and placed on probation for six months. Officials declined to give a reason for the suspension, saying it was a personnel issue. But the police chief in Stark Vegas, Frank Nichols, suspended by the city. You don't see that too often with the alderman going against a high official like a police chief. If you ever drive through Birmingham and you get to the intersection of I-20 and I-59 and 65, you got what, three interstates kind of coming in together? In downtown Birmingham, it can be a disaster, especially in rush hour. I know Atlanta has its problems. I know Houston, you have your problems. Little Rock may have some problems. Charlotte may have some issues. But Birmingham, it is a major problem because you got all of these interstates converging right at the downtown spot. Well, good news is the tallest ramp in a multi-year project to redesign the Interstate 5920 and I-65 interchanges, it has now opened. They've been working on this thing for years, and now in downtown Beeham on Monday, 
this ramp opened. And so now there's an on-ramp from 11th Avenue North at 17th Street leading to I-65 North and South, as well as I-5920 South toward T-Town, Tuscaloosa. And it opened in time for commuter traffic at 7.30 in the morning, according to Alabama Department of Transportation officials. And this is hopefully going to help out. I've been cruising through downtown Birmingham, the Magic City, for 25 years. And I've seen as the city of Birmingham has grown. And again, this even if Birmingham or Birmingham was not there, you got all these interstates coming together. And there's always a need for more and more. You build extra lanes, you're going to need another one in five years. And there in, in the Magic City, they got these things called hills and mountains all around them. And they're, a lot of them have a lot of rock. So it's not the easiest thing to expand and do all this. But luckily, this multi-year project where a ramp is going to help get you to where you need to go is open for business in the state of Alabama. And that is great news if you're going to be traveling through Alabama anytime soon and have to go through Alabama's, not capital city, but their biggest city, Birmingham. I saw this story come across the other day, and I thought it just couldn't be true. But... It is true, and I'm sure you may have seen this shared on Facebook or Twitter, but can you believe that in North Carolina, a 10-year-old boy to Marion Wilson was punished last week for referring to his female teacher as ma'am? And his parent, Teretha Wilson, noticed that her son was upset after leaving the bus on August 21st from his school in the town of Tarboro, and she said that she just couldn't believe that he got in trouble for saying, yes, ma'am. And I don't know the rest of the story on this, but yeah, his teacher called him out. Ten-year-old boy being doing the right thing as Southerners. We say, yes, sir. We say, yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. And a lot of us can't help it. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. But I am so proud of Teresa Wilson. And if she has a husband or significant other in her life that's a father figure to, to marry on, doing a great job training this young man how to say the right things as a Southern. He's a great Southerner. We need to send him a y'all prize pack to Tarboro, North Carolina. Ten-year-old boy saying, ma'am, and he gets in trouble for it from his teacher. Somebody needs to take that teacher out and teach her a few lessons. She's got to be a Yankee. She's just got to be a Yankee. The Wilson County Fair has been going on in Lebanon, Tennessee, just east of Nashville. And people go there at fairs and have a good time and all's fine and well. Well, a woman there allowed her child to participate at a game at the Wilson County Fair over the weekend. And when she returned home from the fair Saturday, she inspected the toy bear that her child won. And in that toy bear, there was a camera inside of it. And investigators have now taken a closer look at the bear and found a lens and a board that were both not functional and had no power source. That's good news. The operator of the booth at the Wilson County Fair said that the bear originated from a kind of a discount facility in the state of Georgia that he bought a bunch of stuffed animals from, and they believe that this bear actually should have been labeled a nanny cam for a surveillance camera used to check on nannies and babysitters, but the nanny cam camera was returned and packaged for discount resale and wasn't identified as being a nanny cam, so therefore they put it out on display at the Wilson County Fair, and someone gets off. I can't believe someone actually would take a bear home and inspect it that closely to find a cam camera. That, that's, a, that's a good parent there, I guess. 
or someone who is a little bit on the paranoid state. But good news from the Wilson County Fair that, that it looks like that was the only one, and it sounds like an honest mistake happened. They weren't trying to do some kind of surveillance in Lebanon, Tennessee. In Alabama, Michael B. Jordan, not the basketball player, the actor who's known for his role in Marvel's Black Panther movie. He was in Montgomery, Alabama this week where he went and met with some school children and got his picture taken and had a good time. And he did a, this as a goodwill ambassador thing for this group of boys in Montgomery, Alabama this week. So, yeah, if you're in the capital city of Montgomery and you saw Michael B. Jordan prancing around town, well, that, that was the real Michael B. Jordan from the great movie that was a blockbuster hit earlier in the year, Black Panther. Jordan is in Montgomery, where he's filming a movie called Just Mercy, which is based on attorney Brian Stevenson's book of the same name. And this is about Stevenson's life as a defense attorney in a 1993 appeals case, which exonerated Monroe, Alabama man Walter McMillan. McMillan had been serving a death sentence for the death of Rhonda Morrison in Monroeville, though an appeals court later found him to be wrongfully convicted. And Jordan's going to portray Stevenson in the film Oscar-winning actor Jamie Foxx is actually going to play McMillan in the movie Just Mercy, filming now in Montgomery, Alabama. In South Carolina, a woman is dying, and we put the, that word in quotes, dying for the coroner's job. Well, she's dying for the job, but according to the local Democratic Party in South Carolina, she's not going to be on the ballot because she's not qualified. This is for Lynette Samuels Cooper. She wants to be the coroner in Clarendon County, which is in Manning, South Carolina. She defeated someone named Bucky Mock at a recent election, but now the Democratic Party is going to take her win away from her because she's been ruled ineligible. A judge said that Samuels Cooper lacked experience as a death investigator or medical examiner meeting statutory requirements. She's filed an appeal to that ruling. I can't imagine anybody wanting to be a coroner that bad to fight it like this woman in Clarendon County, South Carolina, is to try to be coroner. A Houston, Texas man is accused of shooting at female drivers, and he did it, according to authorities. He told them he did it in self-defense because women are incompetent drivers. <laughs> he may win the award today for D-U-M-M Dumb. Harris County officials arrested Nicholas Martin D'Agostino, age 29, after two women were shot through the windows of their car as they drove around Katy, Texas. D'Agostino told a judge that they had swerved at him and that he shot to stop the threats. He confessed to shooting at a total of six female drivers, according to court documents. What a knucklehead. Shooting at women, innocent women, and claiming that he did it in self-defense because women are incompetent drivers. Now that right there is some kind of hashtag somebody needs to create against Mr. D'Agostino in Houston, Texas. And finally, in Florida, there's a town called Mayo, Florida. It is in North Florida. It's kind of sandwiched between Live Oak and Perry, Florida, well, maybe an hour east of Tallahassee. Well, Mayo is changing its name, at least for a few days. The mayor of the tiny town of less than 1,500 residents has announced that the city is going to change its name to Miracle Whip instead of Mayo, Florida. But it's a joke. The name change started as a secret, kind of a tongue-in-cheek marketing proposal for the Kraft Heinz on Mayonnaise alternative. 
and it looks like it might have been something they worked with Miracle Whip on the company as videographers for the brand were in town over the weekend and were recording the shock of residents when they heard that the name of their town would be changed to that corporate brand of Miracle Whip. Representatives of the condiment plan to spend the next few days filming their jocular efforts to get residents of Mayo, Florida to remove mayonnaise from their homes. Pretty good marketing ploy by the folks at Miracle Whip and Mayo, Florida, but with 15 resident, 1,500 residents strong getting in the news because, because of their name, Mayo, Florida, home of, well, I shouldn't say that. They're in Miracle Whip, Florida. Sounds like a place we need to take our show and visit and hold the mayo. <laughs> well, this is the Y'all Show. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to talk about Florida. Maybe Miracle Whip, Florida, we'll be talking about. There's a big day in Florida today as it's a primary day. Republicans and Democrats alike going to the polls. We'll tell you what's up on the governor's race in Florida as well as the U.S. Senate race and today's also primary runoff day in Oklahoma. We'll have all that on our political report. That's coming up next on Y'all. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town. We've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your and head to vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plans. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in-store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. 
When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Since the days of old, men would search for wealth untold. They dig for silver and for gold, and leave the empty holes. And way down south in the Everglades, where the black water rolls and the saw grass waves, the eagles fly and the otters play in the land of the Seminoles. It's the Y'all Show, talk with a southern accent. Plenty of barbecue talk coming up in hour two as the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Herons, will rejoin us for a great discussion of tailgate barbecue and Maryland and barbecue. The state of Maryland is more than just crab cakes, and Matt will tell us all about it in hour two. So hang on for this border state and what they have to offer. Maybe they're not so northern, maybe they're more southern. We'll tell you all about it coming up in hour two of today's Y'all Show. On the Y'all Show now, we turn our spotlight to Florida, and this is the Y'all Political Report, where each week we try to put a little red and blue lens on the South. And today in the state of Florida, it is a primary day. Republicans and Democrats alike are all over the state canvassing for votes and trying to get a a large turnout, as this primary is going to set the stage for a very contentious November general election. It always seems to come down to Florida, And that's no different even if there's no presidential race going on. In the state of Florida today, most people will be watching closely the race for governor in the state of Florida. You've got Adam Putnam, who was a congressman from Florida, who decided to leave Congress, and he ran for agricultural secretary in the state of Florida. And he is the winner. He won that race, and he's been the agricultural secretary in Florida, which agriculture is a massive, massive deal in the Sunshine State, and he is running in this primary today on the Republican side against Congressman Ron DeSantis. Now, DeSantis has already gotten the support of Donald Trump for this election. Trump has come out strongly in in favor of DeSantis, and I don't really know why. I know DeSantis has been a vocal proponent of President Trump, but Putnam is a seems like a good guy. I know he hasn't been in Washington, D.C. in years past, but he was there for a long time as a congressman. You may remember him. He's a redhead. Not too many redheaded congressmen out there. Uh, now agricultural secretary in the Sunshine State. But he is running against DeSantis. And it's been a contentious Republican primary race. And today's vote will be one worth watching. 
with the support of the president, you would think that DeSantis should be able to pull this out. But Putnam's a strong guy, and he's got a lot of support in Tallahassee and beyond. We're going to go now to a clip from about a month ago. Fox News, Brett Baer of Fox News, was in the Sunshine State for a actual debate between these two. And all the bells and whistles that Fox offers televised this debate between these two Republican GOP hopefuls for governor. And we're going to hear now a portion of that between Ron DeSantis and Adam Putnam, the two Republican GOP candidates for governor running today. Both of you here on stage said that you would sign the heartbeat bill here in Florida, which would ban abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detected. So the question is, that is viewed as a direct challenge to Roe versus Wade. Given that, do you believe that the next Supreme Court justice should vote to overturn Roe v. Wade? Well, first of all, our prayers are with the good people in Annapolis, and we're certainly grateful for the law enforcement officers who responded so rapidly. Welcome to Florida, Brett. Welcome to Florida, Martha. And what an exciting time to be in front of such a live audience of a thousand Florida Republicans. It's a... Uh, Completely different than, uh, than a Washington, D.C. studio, and I just want to say, welcome to Florida, Congressman. It is, um, I am thrilled. I am thrilled that President Trump has a second opportunity to remake the U.S. Supreme Court with a constitutionalist justice. This is going to be exciting for decades to come. We look forward to seeing who it is. It will be, if they're anywhere near as good as Justice Gorsuch has been, it's an exciting time for America. Yes, I've said I would sign the heartbeat bill. Yes, we need a constitutionalist on the bench, someone who is not going to try and make law from the bench, but someone who will abide by our Constitution and protect and defend life. So, so that means yes, it should be a justice who overturns Roe v. Wade. We should have a strict constitutionalist on the bench, someone who recognizes the individual rights in this country, someone who also recognizes that our founders intended that you defend life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm honored to have the support of the Florida Family Action Council in the governor's race in here, here in Florida because they know that as governor, I will always pursue a pro-life agenda here in Florida as Florida's next governor. Okay, Congressman DeSantis, same question to you. Considering the Supreme Court nominee that will be up here, uh, your, your question, would it be someone to overturn Roe v. Wade? So I'm proud to have the endorsement of President Donald Trump in this race. And I think that Donald Trump has done a better job appointing judges to both the U.S. Supreme Court and the appeals court than any other president in my lifetime, including one of my heroes, Ronald Reagan. So God bless Donald Trump for doing that. And I think the opportunity to replace Justice Kennedy uh, is really a historic opportunity. It should be a constitutionalist in the mold of Justice Antonin Scalia or Clarence Thomas, that who understands the proper role the court is to apply the law and constitution as it's actually written, not to legislate from the bench, not to impose a judge's philosophy on the rest of the country. And I say there's an analog here in Florida. 
The next governor in all likelihood is going to have three appointments to our state Supreme Court, which is a historically liberal court. They're activists. They legislate from the bench. I can tell you this. I am best positioned to identify those candidates for nomination to the state Supreme Court who are going to apply the law faithfully and will not be judicial activists. If we get it right, we can end judicial activism in Florida for a generation. And that were the two gentlemen running for governor of Florida on the Republican side of the ballot, Putnam and DeSanto, going off against each other today. And we'll have all the results on the Wednesday, y'all. Well, if you think the Republican side's heated, well, the Democratic side of the race for governor in Florida is also turned into a real barn burner. And you've got five legitimate candidates all running in today's primary. They are Andrew Gillum, who is a Miami native, but lives in Tallahassee. He's actually the mayor of Tallahassee, been mayor since 2014. He's running. You have Gwen Graham, a U.S. congressman from 2015 to 2017, and she's the daughter of former governor and Senator Bob Graham. So Gwen Graham, Andrew Gillum, you've got Jeff Green, a real estate billionaire, and he was a candidate for Florida Senate seat back in 2010. You also have Chris King, entrepreneur and founder of the Elevation Financial Group, and you also have the mayor of Miami Beach, Philip Levine, those five running for the Democratic GOP position, Gillum, Graham, Green, King, Levine, and they also had a recent, a recent debate between the five of them. We're going to hear a portion of that. I know it's going to be a little confusing to hear only the audio, but the first voice you'll hear is Andrew Gillum, who is the mayor of Tallahassee. He's running. We'll start the clip now with these five running for Democratic seat for governor. Again, pose the original question to Mr. Green. Now, again, that question from George Bennett is, what should the per people spending figure be? And at the same time, where should the additional money come from, Mr. Green? Again, it should be a lot more than $7,400 a, a student. You know, the Republican governors over 20 years declared war on public education. You know what? They've won the war. We're now 40th in the country in public education. Do you know that 12th graders in Florida, only 19% of 12th graders can do 12th grade math, and only 36% can do 12th grade reading. We've got a lot of work to do in Florida, but I can tell you that, that it, it's the way the money will come from, it's very easy. It's an $89 billion budget. I have two places to come from. Number one, we have to stop the billion dollars we're giving to spend on charter and private school vouchers. That's the billion right there. In the governor's budget this year, here's 1.4 billion discretionary. That will get another. That'll get us to 2.4 billion. I'm running out of time. That'll get us another 800. Eight, that'll get us another 800 bucks a child right there. And we'll do a lot more. All right. I'm going to move on now and uh, bring in our other panelists, Nancy Ankrum for the Miami Herald, who has a question to all the candidates, uh, starting with Philip Levine. Nancy. Yes. Rick Scott called himself the jobs governor. And Florida has seen significant job growth and low unemployment. However, I live in Miami, where according to Bloomberg News, jobs are either high paying or low wage. How will you narrow the income inequality gap and improve the quality of life for low wage workers in a high cost region? Thank you, Nancy. I've traveled around the state, and this is an issue for all Floridians. At $8.25 an hour is our minimum wage. No one can live on that. I meet people that take three jobs in order to pay their rent and to be able to have food to eat. Yes, Governor Scott did create a lot of jobs, but he created low-paying jobs. My vision is to create a 21st century economy in Florida. I come from a state called Massachusetts. 
And you know why Massachusetts and Boston has all the great high-paying jobs? It's not because they bribed their way into becoming a 21st century economy. It's because they pay their teachers a nationally competitive rate and salary, and they have the greatest education in the country. So for in order for us to create better jobs, we need to have, first of all, better education. We need to make sure we have affordable housing. We stop raiding that Sadowski fund. We need to create a 21st century economy. And that the audio there from five of the people running for the Democratic primary going on today in Florida for the governor, Andrew Gillum, Gwen Graham, Jeff Green, Chris King, Philip Levine. And we'll have all the good stuff on the Wednesday y'all of the winners from both Republican and Democrats. And that's just for governor in the state of Florida. The current governor, Rick Scott, is running for U.S. Senate. We'll talk about that primary, or really not much of one in Florida, also going on. You still got to officially win, and that's happening today if you go to the polls in the Sunshine State. We'll talk about the Florida Senate race and some congressional races to watch for in Florida today. Also, Oklahoma has a primary runoff going on today as well. We'll briefly touch on that as we roll on with more of the Y'all Show with your host, John Roth. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Back for the final segment of this hour one of the Tuesday Y'all with your host, John Rawl. We've been talking politics, and we'll continue to talk a little Florida politics now before we move over to Oklahoma. And then today, if you're in Florida, go out and vote. You've got a Republican and Democratic primary going on. Well, we've discussed in detail in the previous segment the governor's race on both sides. Well, in Florida, you'll also be able to vote in the primaries for U.S. Senate as Bill Nelson is up for re-election. He is the current senator and former astronaut serving in Washington, D.C., and his seat is up. He should easily win the Democratic nomination for that general election spot in November. His challenger is likely going to be the governor of Florida right now, Rick Scott. Rick Scott is going to is expected to easily win the Republican primary today, so it'll be Rick Scott of Florida's governor fame, and you've got Bill Nelson running against each other in November. This is going to be a very close race. I've seen some of the polling coming out for November's general election, and it's, it seems like a toss-up at this point. A lot's going to depend on what happens in Florida. If there's any more, we just saw a, a mass shooting this past weekend. We've had, the, the, of course, the other shootings in the, that state in the last two to three years. If no other tragedy happens, then we sure hope nothing does happen. We, if that, that unfortunately, if that were to happen, I'm sure that would affect the race. What happens with the country, of course, will affect the race. But the Senate race in Florida is one of those to certainly be looking out for come November. Now, because Ron DeSantis is leaving Congress to run for governor in Florida, well, that's going to open up his seat in Congress in Florida's 6th Congressional District. So in the race to replace him, on the Republican side, Michael Waltz is a combat veteran 
who has a lot of money raised. John Ward is a Navy vet who's also been raising big time, and those are just two of the major Republicans going for the 6th Congressional District seat that's been vacated by DeSantis running for governor. On the Democratic side, Nancy Soderberg, who was a former ambassador to the UN, she's on the Democratic Congressional Committee campaign's red to blue list as a possible winner of the Democratic primary today. So watch for this former ambassador to the United Nations, Nancy Soderberg, possibly winning the Democratic nomination and going up in this historically red district, Florida's 6th Congressional District, in today's primary. She should win easily, and we'll see what happens. As She was in the UN, I think, during the Obama years. The 7th Congressional District is a district Democrats need to hold on to, and the Democrat there, Stephanie Murphy, who was first elected to Congress back in 2016, she's got a, a real serious challenge going on and her primary challenger on the Democratic side is Chardo Richardson, who's running a leftist campaign in Florida's 7th Congressional District against her. Now, the Republicans, really, that's going to be a much harder race for a Republican to win. But going on in the primary today is Representative Mike Miller from the state of Florida legislature. And he's going to be going against business leader Scott Sturgill. Another district to keep an eye on is Florida's 15th Congressional District as Dennis Ross is retiring and current State Representative Ross Spano and his former State Representative Neil Comby look like the favorites to replace him on the Republican side. They're having their primary today. Democratically, you're going to see Attorney Kirsten Carlson versus Navy vet and business executive Andrew Learned going off for that particular Congressional District. And on the Republican side of the 16th Congressional District of Florida, Representative Vern Buchanan first elected to Congress in 2005. He voted for Obamacare repeal and the tax bill last year, but his seat is vulnerable. So watch out for David Shapiro to be challenging when all this happens and the dust settles in the 16th Congressional District. He's an attorney, and he is likely to win. He's going to be facing Jan Schneider in the race today. Another district to be watching for is Florida's 18th Congressional District and the 25th Congressional District, the 26th Congressional District, the 27th Congressional Districts, tons of districts in Florida, all very much open in some cases. One of the South Florida races, the 27th Congressional District, is because Alina Ross Lehan, she is leaving her seat. You know, she's been a fixture in Washington for a long time, a Republican and she will be leaving Congress, and we'll see what happens there as people line up to fill her seat. Actually, on the Democratic side, Bill Clinton's former Health and Human Service Secretary, Donna Shalala, is amongst those going for this 27th Congressional District seat on the Democratic side. So that's what's happening in Florida. Not a boring day in the state of Florida. In Oklahoma, there's a race for governor going on, and in the, on the Republican side, you got Republicans Mick Cornett and Kevin Stitt are facing each other in a runoff election. Cornett is the Oklahoma City mayor, and business executive Kevin Stitt is a native of Tulsa. So a Republican runoff going on in Oklahoma today for governor on the Republican side. On the Democratic side, former Oklahoma Attorney General Drew Edmondson has already won and the Democratic primary in June, so he awaits the winner of Cornette v. Stitt on the Republican side 
of Oklahoma's race for governor. And that is a look at what's going on on the primary festivities of this Tuesday as Florida and Oklahomans go to the polls and make up their minds. And I do believe, I, I thought we had already reached the point, but I do believe these are going to be the final primaries and final primary runoffs that we're going to see as November is fast approaching, and that's when the general election is going to be for everybody. Well, thank you for listening to our political talk here on the Y'all Show. If we didn't cover your state, well, that's because we covered it in great detail in the past, whether it was Alabama or Mississippi or Tennessee or Georgia. We've covered all of our southern state primaries that have happened since we've been on the air, and we will watch all the polls closely, and we'll keep you posted as we roll through November. Listen for great interviews here on the Y'all Show with some of the candidates for governor, some of the candidates for U.S. Senate, as we try to get people from various states on our Y'all Show and let you hear their story. When we come back in hour two, we're going to talk some sports. We'll take a look at our sports land. Yep, it's game week for college football, and we'll tell you about the Houston Cougars as they have a big in-town game this week against the Rice Owls. And Houston is a team to be watching for because they've got the guy that's predicted to be the number one draft pick in all of the land. The NFL's number one draft pick is a Houston Cougar, supposedly. And we'll tell you about that. And later in hour two, we'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue stop by with his great report on grilling and Maryland barbecue. You don't want to miss it. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. We will be right back, so saddle up. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in-store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. We are back on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. This is hour two of our day after Labor Day. And on this show, this hour of today's show, we're going to later on bring on Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. We've got a repeat of his performance from last Tuesday where he talked about grilling out for the football games. And he takes us to Maryland for a great barbecue done a lot differently in Maryland. Plus, we'll talk a little crab cakes with the barrister. That's ahead. A little bit later this hour, we're also going to talk to you about, well, my sports odyssey this past weekend with my son, Knowlton. We went to two college football games in one day, plus we mixed in an Atlanta Braves game. And that was a lot of fun, and we'll tell you about it in just a few. But right now, let's look into the headlines from the football scene and more in our sports land. Yep, as we do each Tuesday here on the Y'all program. First off, the most recent football game played was last night. And Virginia Tech, man, did they look impressive? They went to the Doak, and they knocked off the Florida State Seminoles in convincing form. And now they move on and have a really good stance in the ACC as a result of getting this conference win to start the season. A conference game 
between the Atlantic and Coastal Divisions of the ACC, and the Knowles were trounced, really, in most of this game. Virginia Tech came to play their first win in Tallahassee since the early 1970s, and the Hokies getting the victory over FSU. Now, we'll talk about more of the games in, in a moment, but the big news also coming from since Saturday's games, quarterback Tua Tagovailoa in Tuscaloosa is going to remain the Crimson Tide's starting quarterback. Coach Nick Saban said this, uh, and he said that he's going to start over Hertz against Arkansas State. And the coach said, everybody knows that Tua is going to start, and we're going to use Jalen's skill set in the future. But more quarterback controversy, you could say. And did you see what Saban said to Maria Taylor of ESPN over the weekend after the game against Louisville? He was a little bit uh, crass, I guess would be a good term to use in his conversation with her post-game. But uh, the quarterback controversy and the quarterback drama going on in Tuscaloosa and Jalen Hurts, who did a great job leading this program, is sitting on the bench now as the Hawaiian quarterback getting more snaps and getting the start against the Red Wolves of Arkansas State in Alabama's home opener on Saturday. Now, glancing across the scores from this past weekend, I'm not going to read off scores, but I'm going to tell you my thoughts uh, about all of our different Southern teams of note. UCF can, continues to look good. They went up to Connecticut. They got a great win, so they continue to be a very good football team, it looks like, in 2018. Houston got the win over their in-town rival Rice over the weekend. The Memphis Tigers dominated Mercer in an FCS-FBS clash in Memphis. Atlantic Coast-wise, of course, Clemson dominated Furman. No surprise there. I was surprised to see NC State take care of James Madison in the way. I thought James Madison could pull another shocker, kind of like they did against East Carolina in 2017, but that was not the case. You saw the Virginia Tech Hokies, as we said, go to Tallahassee, do well against the Knowles, and then Georgia Tech cruised past Alcorn State. Virginia took care of Richmond. That's a team that had given them fits in years past. North Carolina fell out at Cal. That was not good. And then Miami losing to LSU in Dallas over the weekend. LSU with a very good win for the Tiger program over the weekend. Baylor got so, gets a win. So does Kansas State. Kansas State barely gets the win, we should say. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State all winners over the weekend. Maybe the most Exciting news from the Big 12 was West Virginia's convincing win over the Tennessee Vols in Charlotte. Also, bad news for the Big 12 as Texas goes to Maryland and falls to the Terrapins at Landover. And that was a, another second consecutive year the Longhorns fell to the Maryland Terps. They'll be glad that series will quickly be coming to an end. Southern Miss got a big win over Jackson State in Hattiesburg over the weekend. Louisiana Tech was able to knock off South Alabama, so that's some news and notes from the Conference USA side of things. I will also mention the Florida Atlantic Owls and Lane Kiffin, the defending champs, were killed when they went to Oklahoma over the weekend. Not exactly the kind of showing that Owls fans were looking for. And then when we move over to the SEC, Georgia, easy win for them. South Carolina had a good win, although it was hot as heck in Columbia. They got a a nice win. Kentucky wins. Every team in the SEC won except for one, and that was the Tennessee Vols. And I saw a really funny gif. I don't want to repeat it because I don't have it in front of me, but it pretty much bragged about how the conference went 13-1, and and then they it was really a jab at Tennessee was the whole purpose of it. But 
Yes, Kentucky wins. Florida gets a big win over Charleston Southern. Missouri wins over UT Martin. You had the Vanderbilt Commodores with an impressive win over MTSU. That's a team that could have given them fits at Vanderbilt Stadium, but the Doors able to get the win. On the SEC West ledger, you saw Alabama kill Louisville and Orlando over the weekend. The Razorbacks get their first win for Chad Morris over an FCS opponent. Auburn, a big win for the Tigers. I happened to be at the Braves game thir- uh, Friday night, rather, and it was Auburn night at SunTrust Park, and there were must have been 25,000 Auburn fans there all wearing a really cool Atlanta Braves hat in orange that had a Braves old logo on it, but on the side it had the Auburn logo. Really cool hat. In fact, the Braves made similar hats for most every major Southern team, from Ole Miss to South Carolina to Alabama to Georgia to Georgia Tech to Clemson. Really cool thing the Braves do. And But this Auburn hat was everywhere, and the Braves lost that game. I'll tell you more about it in a second. But Auburn didn't lose. They came to play against Washington. They came back. They got the victory in the Chick-fil-A kickoff contest. And Auburn looked really good for the SEC getting a victory over a Pac-12 team. Also, a winner over the weekend was the Mississippi Land Sharks. They went to Houston, and they faced off against Texas Tech. And the Sharks able to defeat Texas Tech in convincing form, giving Matt Luke, his team, a big win in the first contest. So the uh, the Landshark Rebels of, of Mississippi Ole Miss getting a victory in Houston. The Aggies won on Thursday night of last week over a FCS opponent. Mississippi State won over Stephen F. Austin. So good news for the SEC and, of course, LSU getting that big victory over Miami, as we said earlier, uh, all on the SEC side of things. Sunbelt Conference-wise, Appalachian State, man, they had a chance to pull a shocker at Penn State, but they just couldn't do it in overtime, and they lose. But a very good showing. You had to have shades of 2007 in your mind, thinking they could do what they did at Michigan, but that wasn't meant to be in 2018 against Penn State, and they end up losing. Georgia Southern got an easy victory over South Carolina State. And that's a quick perusal of some of the action from college football from Labor Day weekend. In the NFL, well, a guy that's not in the NFL, but maybe should be in some people's eyes, Colin Kaepernick in the news as Nike is having him included in their 30th anniversary of the Just Do It campaign. And an image came out on Monday that has a picture of Kaepernick with the words, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And Nike putting him front and center in their campaign alongside other celebrities, including Odell Beckham Jr., Shaquem Griffin, Lacey Baker, Serena Williams, and LeBron James are all part of the Just Do It campaign. Now the question is, is Nike's promoting of Kaepernick Does that mean that they are supporting the stance that Kaepernick has against injustice to blacks? Are are they, in some people's eyes, anti-police? Brings the question, what if your team in the college football world is a Nike team? Alabama, Clemson, Ole Miss. Trying to think of all the Nike teams. Georgia, Nike. Does that mean they support Nike's philosophy of supporting Kaepernick, who supports those things? If that really bothers you, perhaps you should let your teams know. Of course, every NFL team is a Nike 
sponsored team. They have the contract with all of NFL football. But college football, you can have Adidas. Some teams have Under Armour, but Nike's also a major player. If you are bothered by Kaepernick, perhaps you should let your favorite college football team that's a Nike school, let them know about it. I think Tennessee is now a Nike school, switching over from Adidas in the last two years. Colin Kaepernick back in the news. Speaking of NFL, the season gets underway Thursday night when the Atlanta Falcons travel to Lincoln Financial Field, and they'll take on the defending Super Bowl champ Philadelphia Eagles. That is an 8.20 Eastern time kick from Philly. Falcons and Eagles, all the other teams across the NFL suiting up on Sunday. You do have two Monday night games, New York Jets at Detroit Lions, and you got the L.A. Rams taking on the Oakland Raiders at Oakland Coliseum. NFL season getting underway this weekend. Finally, I don't know if you saw this or not, but this past weekend it was a great scene in Pittsburgh as Cincinnati Reds' first baseman Joey Votto spotted a fan in the stands at PNC Park in Pittsburgh wearing a T-shirt that read Votto for President. And it was from a, speaking of Nike, a Nike promotional campaign in 2012. And I don't know how he did this, but Votto had failed to keep any of those T-shirts. And when he spotted this fan in the stands, he decided, well, he needed that. So actually in the game, I think it was in between innings, Votto went up to the fan and did a switch. He traded that T-shirt for a real Joey Votto jersey. And the fan took the shirt off and gave it to him. And Votto signed it, and it was quite a quite a bargain as the fan got an authentic jersey right there during the middle of the game from his favorite player and perhaps president one day, Joey Votto. But a pretty cool scene from Major League Baseball on Labor Day as Joey Votto finally gets his T-shirt, Votto for president. And a fan gets a really cool souvenir, a real game-worn jersey, worn, I think, that day, I don't have the picture of Votto actually stripping down himself. I just see the fan stripped down, taking his shirt off. I've done that. I've actually been walking down a street before and saw someone wearing a shirt that I really wanted bad. That at the time, there was no way I could have ever gotten it because this was in the pre-day, pre-internet days where you couldn't just go online shopping. And I bought a T-shirt for like $10 off a guy, and he gladly sold it to me, and then he went around without anything on, I guess. Now, luckily, we were in a beach area, and so it wasn't too big of a deal for him to be shirtless. But, yeah, I am guilty of buying someone's T-shirt before, and it was in the summertime, so this guy's shirt was probably pretty sweaty. By the way, it was an Indiana Pacers T-shirt. I liked the Pacers when I was in high school before the Charlotte Hornets came about. And in those days, if you were a team like the Pacers, which – you knew they existed, but you never saw them on TV. They were never competing for championships. There was no way to get their merchandise if you didn't live in Indiana. And that's why this fan I saw at Myrtle Beach as a kid, I just had to buy a shirt, and I, I bought it off the street. Pretty cool story, huh? Well, also, I was in South Carolina again this past weekend. I didn't buy any shirts from anybody, but I took my son there on a sports odyssey as well as Atlanta. We went to an Atlanta Braves game Friday night. At SunTrust Park, my son is eight years old. We had a great visit. We saw the Braves fall to the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
but we had a good experience. His first Major League Baseball game. That's how I spent my Labor Day weekend. We spent the night outside of the stadium, not in our car, but at a hotel about two miles away from SunTrust Park. Got up the next morning, went to tailgate at Georgia Tech. Both my son and I, we have an interest in Georgia Tech. We like their tradition. We, we like their mascot buzz. It's just a kind of neat place, but it's a different place. And I'd never been there before for a game. So we went to about three minutes of the Georgia Tech Alcorn State game. I kid you not. We bought our tickets. We got a great discount on them. We went in the stadium and Georgia Tech scored a touchdown with 2.52 gone in the game. It was 12.58 on the clock, I think it was, when we left the stadium. It was hot. So, honestly, I think we made the right decision. We got out of there, out of Grant Field at Bobby Dodge Stadium uh, with less than three minutes gone in the game. But Georgia Tech was winning. And, and I told people whenever we were walking out of the stadium, they said, uh, "You want? You, are you coming back in? I'm like, no, 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 no. No, we want to leave when Georgia Tech's ahead. We want to make sure that they, they are ahead when we leave. Now, they were facing Alcorn State, so you would think that Georgia Tech would win that game. But it was kind of fun to see the reaction of, of the people working the stadium when I told them that. Well, we're out of here. They scored, we're gone. But it was hot. So we ended up leaving that game. We drove three hours to Spartanburg, South Carolina, had a great pregame meal at the Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Truly a gym. I have been there before, but not with my eight-year-old son, and we had a ball there. And great food, but what makes the Beacon special? And Carolina Panthers go there during their training camp. Luke Keekley was just in there two weeks ago having a meal as they make that a tradition as part of training camp to go to the Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg, South Carolina. But it's a place where you go order, and the man taking your order yells some kind of code back to the people. There's an army of workers at the Beacon, and I guess they understand what he's saying. But it is a quite an experience when you order there. And I had, I had a hamburger and a barbecue sandwich. I was hungry. But we had a great pregame meal there at Beacon. I ran into one of my college friends. And, and Ed, glad, good to see you and your family getting ready for the big Citadel Bulldog versus Wofford Terrier game Saturday night. Went to that game. The Citadel ended up losing 28-21. Had a chance to tie it at the end, but couldn't get a touchdown there in the closing seconds and uh, fell to 0-1 on the year. But we had a, a good time. It was hot. And the reason I bring all this up, college football used to not start till mid to late September. And this past weekend, if you went to a football game, no matter where you were in the South, it was hot. It was humid. And you're in a concrete stadium in most cases. I don't know how more people don't get injured, more heat strokes, heat exhaustions, deaths even, because it it is brutal. And even if you don't have any kind of heat illness, you are nasty when you go to a game. The Citadel game was a 6 o'clock kickoff, and I am in my mid-years. I'm in my 40s. My son's 8 years old. We were both so hot, we had to walk out of the stadium more than twice and get underneath the stadium and cool off for like 20 minutes and we did the same thing at georgia tech that was a 12 30 kick we had to get up and go underneath the stadium there for 20 minutes to avoid being in the sunlight and i don't mean to be a wimp but it's really hot and you'd have to think that i know it's got to be tough if you're a player but you know the players are used to being hot and sweaty and conditioned for it but the fans 
I see why there were lots of empty seats across the South this opening weekend. If you go back and look at a lot of the games, lots of empty seats in stadiums across the SEC and ACC, and I get it. And I'm not sure that it's the best of things to be having these, certainly the high noon kickoffs, Labor Day weekend, and if they can find a way to push that back a little and where it's just a little bit cooler maybe in September, it's just a, just a thought, but I'm, I'm, I'm luckily not reading headlines about lots of heat exhaustion, strokes, deaths, but I saw one man collapse during the game at, at Spartanburg, and that, that's why I'm bringing this to your attention. It's, it's dangerous out there. If you're not used to it, and not often do you just go stand underneath the hot sun in a concrete stadium unless you go to a football game, and that's what happened and what I saw. But let's I'm not sure some of these schools don't need to bring more misters in to help cool things down if you become overheated because it was nasty. And even if, again, even if you're perfectly conditioned and you're fine, you're going to sweat. And even though I got to my parents' home at nearly midnight on Saturday night after going to the game and driving an hour and a half to get to their home, it might have been midnight and I might have had an eight-year-old we both got showers before we hopped in the bed because we were that nasty, and everybody would have been nasty. So just throwing it out there, being a college football fan, at least in early September, it comes with a little bit of a price. Hopefully it's nothing that's going to leave too big of a health mark on you and you can get through it, but it, it, it's not quite the same as going when it cools off a little bit. And that's my peeve pet for the day. All right, when we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch over and we're going to go into our interview with Matt Hearman, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. This is our conversation from Tuesday of last week where he sets us up for some great Q-tips for football tailgates. And we're going to talk about Maryland's pit beef. What is that? Well, hang on. Matt will tell us all about it when the Y'all Show returns. Stay with us. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. 
Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kids stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick. Miss Lydia. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. Y'all, we're back with you. Thank you for joining us on this all-Southern show. With yours truly, John Rawl, as we broadcast on great stations across Dixie. And all of you who get us each and every day and each and every week via the iTunes podcast or any of the other podcast platforms out there thank you for listening to y'all we're we're growing like kudzu across the land well each week on the y'all show we're lucky enough to be graced by matt hearmans the barrister of bodacious barbecue and we have the barrister lined up and i'm going to use a radio term cued but it's got a dual meaning here since he's the man of q we got the Q man himself queued up, Matt Hearmans. Hello, Matt. Hey, John. You know I'm always queued. <laughs> I didn't say cute. I said queued. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know. I just check, checking to make sure our audience knows. That. You know, you're a pretty good-looking guy, though. I mean, it's okay. Don't be bashful. Uh, you, you give me a little too much credit, but that's okay. I'll well, roll with that. Well, you've got something that a lot of folks don't have. Is we, And I, I have this same attribute, too. We have hair. It may not be the best hair, but we have hair. That's true. Plenty of it, too, right? Yeah. In fact, somebody told me that I had uh, the other day, and maybe you have both of these as well, in my description of of my life and and two things that I need to be more proud of. I have the two H's, and that's always important. You know what the two H's are? What are those? I have hair, and I have health insurance. That's true. I, I thought you were going to say hair and health, but yeah, health insurance is yeah. more important than health. Now, right? w- women yeah. don't care about your health. They just want to make sure you've got insurance. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, life insurance. Huh? Not life. that you need to be on the market anytime, Matt, but if you were, you, no, at least no, I think sir. you've got both of those covered. So congratulations. Yeah, I've got both of those, so I can't complain, right? Yeah. When you go to a place you're not all that familiar with, how much does that influence what you choose to cook and the equipment and such that you bring? Yeah, that's a good question. So I know for, I've been, you're right, I don't go off and I don't, I don't go to a lot of NFL games, but I have been there for bowl games in the past. So I, I know from experience that it is, it is a giant parking lot. So I don't have any uh, concerns about um, having dry grass or anything like that around. It's just one big old chunk of concrete. So that eliminates a lot of the issues. If the grass were to be dry or something like that, I want to take more precautions. But it's a big old parking lot, so I can do whatever I want. So I will bring the charcoal grill. Um, without worrying about any type of fire or anything like that. There's all kinds of restrictions. Um, the best thing I could say is to figure out if, if an open flame is allowed. And a lot of times, uh, depending on where you are, and of course, you know, we're on a Southern radio show. We got people tailgating all over from Texas to Florida, from Virginia to mm-hmm. Arkansas. 
and every stadium's got their own um uh, you know, their own uh, policy. Sometimes open flame means you can't build a, a fire. Sometimes open flame means you cannot uh, have a grill. Uh, technically, uh, a lot of times in open flame, if you've got the grill down, the lid down on the grill, you'd be fine. But uh, you always need to know exactly what the policy is. You don't want to get in trouble. Um, and I'm sure you've done all the research before this weekend. Certainly, certainly have. Certainly have. So uh, I'm good there. As long as I keep everything contained in the grill, uh, I'm good to go. Uh, so I'll, and I'll make sure it's cleaned up and, and uh, put out before I head into the stadium for the football game. Now, if you're a fan of a certain team or if your team's on the road, we encourage you, most every school now has uh, on their official website for their athletics teams, they've got somewhere on their website a link to, that has exactly what Matt's talking about, all the guidelines yeah. that you must follow. Remember, some schools, it's a big no-no to even have alcohol in the tailgate area. So you need to make sure you're aware of that. And when it comes to grills, I mean, Matt, is there a certain type of grill that's generally accepted by anybody, anywhere? Kind of like uh, Southern Miss's policy about playing people anywhere, any place, anytime? Yeah, right. Anywhere, any place, anytime. Yeah, I mean, so it has to do with flame. So if, you, if there's an issue, if there's some type of issue with flame, um, then you, of course, would be restricted from both a gas grill and a charcoal grill. Um, but you could still uh, bring something electric. So there's an electric griddle. Um, there are some, quote, um, I, he I hesitate to use the word grill, to be honest with you, but there are electric grill-type um, items that you just plug in. You can plug into a generator. You can plug into your, your truck if you have one of those outlets. You can just cook like a griddle and do burgers and stuff like that. That's not a flame. That should be fine. I hesitate to call that a grill because a uh, grill is typically fire, um, and there's no fire to an electric uh, griddle. But, you know, you got to make do what you can do. Uh, then you can you can certainly roll out the electric griddle. Well, no matter what type of grill, and let's say this weekend with your charcoal grill, flames are one thing. But one thing I have to ask you, you're talking about tailgating in a parking lot. There's not going to be any wind barriers and such. How do you keep your grill from tipping over because of wind or some idiot walking by and not paying attention and hitting it? What do you do to anchor your <laughs> anchor down? How do you do that? Yeah, I'm on my laughing because step one is have your tailgate in Houston, Texas, which is basically a bowl with no wind and nothing but humidity. So, that, But if you don't do that, if you're in a place where you actually do get a breeze, which some places do for like, sure. For example, Lubbock, Texas. I'm sure. Like that's... in Lubbock, that's right. Like <laughs> in Lubbock, the wind flows swiftly across the plains. That's right. So, or in Oklahoma, as the song says. But yeah, um, honestly, you're not going to have. You're going to have to have some. I will. I will just say this: if you got wind so bad that it's going to knock your grill over, um, I would say. <laughs> You might as well call it another day. You might as well, you might as well stop by Chick Fil A and just get something out of the. But Matt, like, you, you, you built it up. I mean, place. people are ready to tailgate, and they don't want to go through Chick Fil A. They want to sit there and get drunk and have a good time and have something to yeah, grill. Yeah. And and then and then you're going to let a little wind get in the way. I mean, come yeah. come on. Then, then if you're if you're determined, and I've, look, I've been here. I've been in this situation. I'm sure you um, have. Where I just have to. I got to get it done. Uh, specifically in the winter when you're talking bowl season, stuff like that. Uh, there's different ways you can do it. If you're under a tent, uh, you can always set up a little umbrella to block the wind to get it going. And once you're going, you're okay. You can always put put uh, put the grill between two trucks, not too close to the paint job, obviously, but the two trucks will block the wind generally. I've done that move before. 
And then you could use, uh, if you got a bunch of friends out there, you just line up a bunch of friends in front of the wind to kind of create a wind block until you get the thing lit. And, uh, you know, I guess if you keep, uh, keep supplying them with cold beverages, they'll probably stand there as long as you'd like. So those are some, uh, those are some strategic methods. If you can get the thing lit, you can cook in any weather. Put it that way. Yeah. If you can get it lit. If you can get it lit, you can cook. Period. All right. Well, we appreciate you sharing this great grilling information for those parking lot type tailgates. Maybe down the road we'll get a little bit more formal cooking advice at the tailgate from our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans. Hold on. We're not done with Matt. When we come back, we've got some great barbecue joints picked out and. Matt, where are we going to go this week? Well, we uh, we are going to uh, kind of an out-of-the-ordinary place, or a place you wouldn't necessarily think of. We're going to go to Maryland and talk about the ah. food up there. Ah. We, uh, we're we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to head a little bit north and, and east, and we're going to talk uh, talk something off the beaten trail. If you, All if right, you, so maybe even more than barbecue we've got coming up after yes, the break. Sir. So hold on guns up hotty tidy whatever your war cry war shout is we appreciate you listening to the y'all show as college football is here we'll be back to talk about maryland and what is you know what's the saying matt what's maryland all about crab cakes and football (laughs) all right maryland we've got the big y'all spotlight shining on you next this is the y'all show stay with us The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plans. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Beauty's biggest event is here. Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty. With new beauty steals every single day for 21 days. That's 50% off our most loved brands like Tarte and Anastasia. So come in today and tomorrow. And let's be real. With deals like these, you'll want to stop in every day. So hurry in. They go fast. 21 Days of Beauty ends September 22nd. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in-store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year.
20-something miles of here This town ain't got a Walmart and never ever will There's a church and a fill-in station where you get your gas Then there's Dixie Rose Deluxes Honky-tonk feed store, gun shop, used car Beer, babe, barbecue, barbershop, laundromat Back into the Y'all Show, I'm John Rawl alongside Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, and we've got our report right now where Matt focuses more on some great places for you to check out. We've already got you set up for the weekend's tailgating, wherever you may go, be going for that. Now, let's plan your trips away from football. Well, there's actually a pretty big game going on this weekend between the Texas Longhorns and the Maryland Terrapins. This will be a game played at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. Remember, last year the Terps went all the way to Austin and shocked the Hookums. And now Texas tries to go to Maryland and get a victory there in the nation's capital. Well, we all know if you've been following our show, the drama that's been going on in the Maryland Terrapins athletic program. This Big Ten program has been in the news for all of the wrong reasons. They've got an interim coach right now. And we're going to talk about some Maryland eateries, but Matt Hermans, Mr. College Football, who I think you should take that title away from Tony Barnhart. Your your take <laughs> on that uh, Maryland-Texas game this weekend? Well, I, I, I'm happy to give you my take. I think it's still weird to say Big Ten and Maryland uh, in the same. They had no it, reason to leave the ACC. It, it, uh, it, it weirds me out. It, it creeps me out every time I hear it, but uh, – yeah, but you're right. So um, it's going to be an interesting game, I would say. Uh, the Texas Longhorns um, are going to have an advantage on the talent side of the football. They don't have any issue getting four- and five-star guys rolling to Austin every year. That has not translated into a whole heck of a lot of wins for the program. Uh, but Tom Herman, year two, um, I still think the guy's a heck of a coach. Um, I don't have any personal love for the Texas Longhorns, but – um, I, as an objective observer of college football, I will tell you that I think Tom Herman is going to do good things there in uh, in Austin. I will say this year, I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the Longhorns uh, wins or losses and how that shakes out are going to have to do with the quarterback play. Um, so there's been uh, you, you got um, uh, Etlinger and you got Bouchelle, uh, and then you've got some other guys kind of hanging around the outside, and I don't know. Um, if whoever starts, whoever ends up getting the starting nod, I'm not sure that quarterback ends up finishing the year out. There's just not anything in Austin that would lead me to believe that that's something that's going to be locked down. So I think it's going to have a lot to do with the quarterback. Um, I think Maryland um, is, like you said, they're in a mess. Um, this is not a team that is going to contend for the Big Ten this year. This is going to be, a, um, in my opinion, somebody going to be close and a program is going to be closer to the bottom. Um, I don't think Texas is necessarily the year that they're going to win the conference or, um, you know, contend for a playoff spot. But I think you're talking about a seven, eight win team um, with the right quarterback, with good quarterback play from either Etlinger or Bouchelle. And uh, at the end of the day, I think Texas wins fairly handily. All right. Well, as we said, Matt Hermans, he brings to the table much more than just talking about Q. He's got the gridiron talk, too. And I knew when I teed it up, Texas and Maryland, you'd have something to say. So good job. Now, <laughs> yes, you, said, you told us before the break, Maryland, if you're going to the game, 
against the Texas Longhorns and Maryland Terrapins in Landover. And, and you, you go to the game, you got some time to kill, and you maybe want to go travel around the state of Maryland. I think it I actually may even be a Commonwealth. And you want to go to a place like Annapolis or go to the Eastern Shore and stuff. Well, Matt Hermans is our perfect guy to chat with about where, what should we do when in the great southern state, and I say that in air quotes, <laughs> of Maryland, Maryland, my Maryland, what should people be looking out from a from a food aspect? Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, yeah. I think we're we are certainly pushing the boundaries here, but we are a large and inclusive radio program, so this works out fine. Well, they're so, Southern light. I mean, they're yeah, yeah. They're not going to win the award for hey, y'all. I'm from Maryland, <laughs> but historically, <laughs> no. Maryland is a Southern state. It's below the Mason Dixon right. line. They they You're fought right. in the Civil War for the South for the most part. And they, yes, you know, that I, forever, the Terrapins were in the ACC, a Southern conference. I don't know why they changed. Maryland's change, as you, if you follow politics, it's very yes. liberal democratic, but they actually have a Republican governor right now fighting for his That's job, true. by the way. That's true. It's a very interesting state to me. It is yeah. very interesting for all those reasons you mentioned. But so we're going to, uh, the reason I wanted to bring uh, Maryland into the, into the, the barbecue quote unquote conversation well, and the food conversation that we like to have fun with every week is uh, there's something in Maryland uh, known as pit beef. And uh, it's essentially, it, it provides a, an opportunity for me to kind of explain the difference between grilling and barbecue. So pit beef is not barbecue. Um, and a lot of people are listening to the show instinct, instinctively and instantly know what I'm talking about when I say grill or barbecue. Um, in Maryland, they call the pit beef barbecue, but barbecue has a very specific definition. That would be uh, low temperature, indirect cooking, um, some type of rub, and some type of wood fire. So you're not cooking directly, you're cooking indirectly, whether that be uh, distance from coal or you have uh, the meat at a different location than the than the burning wood, which is the case of one of these side smokers. There's something blocking the direct heat, and you cook lower, slower for long periods of time. That is southern barbecue. That is barbecue as a as a noun. Um, however, uh, the grilling is is hot, fast, and direct. So when you cook a steak, you cook a burger, you cook a pork chop, and you got the flame or the heat right there. That is grilling, and these things are very different. So we use we talk about both obviously here on the show, but um, it's a good opportunity to talk about that because pit beef is something unique to Maryland and I think even unique to Baltimore. It's essentially a top round roast uh, that is cooked, grilled. It is grilled. It is not barbecued. It is cooked directly over hot coals and wood um, until it is basically um, crusty on the outside, medium rare on the inside. It's, it's kind of a roast beef, but instead of being roasted, it is grilled over a hot uh, charcoal fire that gives you that kind of crust and flavor on the outside, which is the whole point of grilling. So um, it's an interesting thing. It's it's very unique to to Maryland. And I think it's kind of cool. I would not necessarily call it traditional barbecue, but in in you know Maryland calls it barbecue, and then I'll call it barbecue for the for the time being on the show. So um, Chaps Pit Beef is kind of the the go to in Baltimore. That's the most um, Chaps, famous C H A P apostrophe S. Yep. Chaps Pit Beef, and uh, now they're famous for talking about you know if you're if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, they literally don't have anything to serve you. So <laughs> you you got to go. You're gonna get meat, more meat, and a side of meat at Chaps Pit Beef, and uh, it's a small little building. They got the big old pit. You kind of call it a pit. Essentially, it's a large grill 
uh, with a bunch of charcoal there, and they got the big grates that they have these giant, um, these giant top round roasts sitting there searing. And when it hits the hits the medium rare, they slice it up just like roast beef, pile it onto a bun or pile it onto a plate, whichever way you like it, and serve with horseradish. So it's like a grilled roast beef. It's it's pretty unique to Maryland. And since we're talking grilling and barbecue, a cool little combo like that I thought was interesting to talk about. Well, thank you for letting us know that. Next time I'm in Baltimore, I will make sure to check out Pit Beef. You know, when I was in Baltimore, I was there last year and I was there years ago. I actually did more of the ethnic Italian food, I think, is one meal I had, which was fantastic. They have like an Italian portion of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And... I think at one point I may have gone and had that uh, crab cake special that you were teasing us about, but I didn't realize there was such a thing as pit beef. See, that's why we have you on the show. This is an educational Mm -hmm. opportunity. If there is a, yeah, there's a special kind of meat cooked in some area, I'm definitely going to be finding it out and seeking it out. So, uh, yeah, but let's talk about, let's talk about crab cakes. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Can you get that at Chaps? Absolutely. You can't um, even get a pit beef with a side of crab cakes. Oh, oh, it chaps. No, sir. Oh. No, sir. No, oh. you get meat. You get meat, meat, and meat at chaps is but, what you but get. But not crab cakes. No, not crab cakes. That's probably one of the only places there in Maryland you can or in Baltimore <laughs> you can't. But the reason I want to talk about crab cakes is, of course, we're talking about Maryland, and Maryland is synonymous with crab cakes. And, football, of, and football. And football, as we've learned. On a movie from about a decade ago, you're correct. This Wedding is Crashers, baby. That's right, classic. Um, but what we, uh, what I wanted to say about crab cakes is, of course, crab cakes are known. I mean, that, this is like synonymous with, with Maryland and uh, and Baltimore. But you know, along the Gulf Coast, uh, we do a lot of crab cakes as well, and all up and down the Atlantic coast as well. People love crab cakes. This is something that's kind of ubiquitous. Uh, you know, throughout the South that we, we love that. And there's all kinds of different flavor profiles and seasonings and things that go into it. But I think one of the main things um, that, that makes a great crab cake, most people would agree is a lot of crab and very little or no breadcrumbs to kind of take up uh, space. Go ahead, John. No, I just said I was in awe. I said, ah, <laughs> yeah, so I think everybody would agree on that. There may be some breadcrumb lovers out there, and, and I'm not going to come down on them, but I think most people would agree that a lot of lump blue crab and some other things, but not a whole lot of breadcrumbs. So um, Maryland is famous for that, especially some of the places in Baltimore. They serve all kinds of crab cakes. Some of them are some of them are not as thin as you would imagine. Some of them are fatter. It's basically kind of a lump of, of fresh blue crab, and it's delicious that way. And I wanted to bring it up to tie it into barbecue. I make crab cakes myself. And while anybody who's listening um, has who lives along the Gulf Coast or along the Atlantic Coast throughout the South has probably made crab cakes themselves at some point, and it's usually done in the oven or a skillet. Um, what I like to do uh, is do it on the grill. I like to do crab. I'd like, yes, yes, sir. I like to put them uh, indirectly, use it as an oven, kind of like how I was, I was explaining the biscuits earlier. Use your... Uh, you know, use a foil pan or whatever you want to use. Something you can throw away is nice. Oil it up. Put your crab cakes in there. You get the charcoal, a little bit of wood, whatever wood you like, hickory, pecan, peach, whatever type of wood you like, just a little bit. Uh, and cook it indirectly, just like you would in the oven. Five, ten minutes till the crab cakes are kind of uh, congealed and solidified. And that little bit of smoke flavor is, is incredible on a crab cake. So uh, you kind of barbecue barbecueify the uh, the crab cake. 
by doing it over charcoal or, or wood or both. And uh, it adds another level of flavor to it that I just love. I think it's fantastic. All right. Well, don't forget, people, that Maryland not only has the Chesapeake Bay that they get this kind of item from, I guess, crabs, but, of course, Maryland does have a beach, and they do border the Atlantic Ocean. And in Ocean City, Maryland, there is a place called the Crab Cake Factory, and they have a website, Crab Cake Factory Online, that you can go to, and they sell all kinds of crab packages. You can get crab cakes FedEx to you for only $75. You can get a six-pack of their world-famous crab cakes FedEx to you. How about that, Matt? That's awesome. That's that's fantastic. I might actually look into that myself. Uh, yeah. Try it out. You know, one thing, one more thing, John. I'll let you let you let you go. But uh, a lot of our uh, listeners, if they're on the Gulf Coast, Texas, and Louisiana, um, the Chesapeake Bay has a pretty strict limit on the amount of blue crabs that can be harvested um, every year. Uh, so what a lot of people don't know is that uh, Marylanders, after a certain time of year, Marylanders are uh, likely enjoying Texas or Louisiana blue crabs uh, in Maryland. There's a there's a huge uh, there's a huge market for Maryland crabs coming from this part of the world once they hit their limit, and then into the fall. Of course, the waters down here are very warm, and the Chesapeake Bay gets cold, um, and the crabs kind of uh, go away. So, for a lot of the year, you're probably eating Maryland, Maryland crabs, but after a certain point in the year, maybe August. Uh, if you go and eat crabs in Maryland, it's a good chance you're eating Texas or Louisiana crabs. Ah, and you can sit there and say, man, these Maryland crab cakes are so delicious. They must have been <laughs> caught right out here by the seashore of Ocean City. Uh -huh. And in uh -huh. fact, they came from Galveston. That's right, Galveston, you know, somewhere along the Louisiana coast. That's exactly right. I didn't. I learned that a year ago for some uh, commercial fishermen here down where I live. So it's an interesting note, but they're all good. Blue yeah, crabs. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt Herons, we can't thank you enough for all the crabbiness that you brought to our show today and the queue and talk, told us all about beef prime. What is it called? Beef? Chip, uh, pit beef. Pit beef. See, I've already forgotten. how Because you got it on the crab cakes. I got sidetracked. I, I, this is, this is heavy-duty stuff. But we wish you all the best with the Red Raiders and Rebels, and we look forward to having you back on the Y'all Show real soon. I can't wait. All right. Matt Herman's the barrister of bodacious barbecue well that will put the crab cake in to the y'all show here today thank you so much for listening make sure you tune in to the wednesday y'all we'll have all kinds of great goodness including acc football talk and more i'm john rawl signing off you've been listening to y'all Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town, we've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your and head to Vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. 
along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers. Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plans. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in store or online at StaplesForStudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. 